honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the SportsStuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's great to be back. I took a, I took a week off last week because um, there was no Wolves news, and the, the first round was just kind of boring and it wasn't done yet and all that good stuff and I was exhausted from the lawn cleanups and I was still very much busy with the lawn cleanups and plus this and that and busy with this busy with that you, you get the idea but um, now there's some things to talk about there's at least one well one major wolf story a very minor one as well it's going to be a three segment show so we'll get the wolves conversation out of the way here in the first segment and then on to you know the general wolves section segment from me anyway and then on to playoff talk in segment number two that of course all the teams out there kind of briefly talk about the first round and briefly preview the second round all that good stuff and then fan interaction in segment number three which will of course be more wolf stock and maybe some playoff talk in there we'll just see what you guys have to say so there it is so with no further ado as expected the minnesota timberwolves for the first time in the history uh, Timberwolves basketball, we have a Rookie of the Year on our roster because Andrew Wiggins is the 2014-2015 Rookie of the Year. Call it anticlimactic, call it whatever you want. Hey, he's the Rookie of the Year and I love it. I'm very happy, very thrilled for Andrew Wiggins that he is the Rookie of the Year for this season. It's too bad that he didn't have a whole lot of competition, even though there was a couple of guys going to be catching up at the end, like Mirisic. Uh, he wasn't catching up. You know, it's one of those things. So what if, like, say, a Tony Kukoc type of guy was catching up to, mm, you know, don't bite on me with the uh, the comparisons, but say a LeBron James or something. Or, let's say, maybe somebody lesser, like a John Wall. You know, they're going to give it to John Wall because they know who the future star of the league is and they know who's a, a nice piece for a team. So, that's what happened. Even though Mike Miller won it one year, which is like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, Mike Miller. Can you imagine Mike Miller's a Rookie of the Year? Hmm, must have been a pretty weak draft class, or at least a at least a very weak start to the career for those guys, and maybe it improved later. But, Andrew Wiggins, just like he, just like in winning the most valuable player for that Future Stars game, or whatever they call it, um, deservedly wins Rookie of the Year, and... Uh, he will join an elite class of wonderful players over the course of time and a couple of role players who, again, like I said, probably had a weak draft class, all that good stuff. Very happy with Andrew Wiggins. Very, very, very excited about his future. I think his future is unbelievable. The sky is the limit for Andrew Wiggins, and there's no doubt about it. You got the spin dunks. You got the moves. You got the fadeaways. Oh, and by the way, he can play defense, where, again, last season, during the draft, or, you know, during going into the draft and when the Wolves were acquiring Andrew Wiggins, and even in the early stages, like back in November when he was soft and timid, well, Andrew Wiggins is uh, is going to be a great, is a great defender and all that good stuff, and maybe his defense will develop, whereas now he's like, <laughs> he's already looking like a guy who's got a pretty big repertoire of scoring possibilities. Lots of moves, lots of unbelievable plays available to him basically to score to, to rack up the score oh and by the way he can defend so yeah we're kind of done with the whole he's going to be 18 points a game at the prime of his career because he scored about 17 points a game in his first season so yeah this kid is going to be something very very special and I'm so excited about it so let's hear what Andrew Wiggins had to say courtesy of AP guy as they like to call him John Krasinski who seems to be one of the better guys in the media out there he's tweeted me back multiple multiple times in the past just an all-around good guy, and, and a Minnesotan, and all that good stuff, regardless of what you think about Minnesota, but, eh, okay, Minnesota's a nice place. 
I'm not going to rip on us too much, all right? <laughs> Even though sometimes I want to because I hate the loser's attitude around here sometimes. Like, I'm just glad to make the playoffs again. You know, when the, when the time comes, uh, no, I want to I want to ring. I'm not here to just make the playoffs. I want to win a championship. Even though making the playoffs is the first step and it's still kind of a little ways away yet, but we'll get there. Okay, as for Andrew Wiggins, he says, it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to the organization and there's a whole lot of history. It should bring a lot of hope for the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It should give people a different look at things. This is the uprising. We've got a lot of young talent. I like it. And we'll also get to something Hank McCoy posted on the page, courtesy of Real GM and all that good stuff. Something Andrew Wiggins said that was um, extremely positive. Something that I don't think Kevin Love ever really said, ever. I don't think he ever said it, even at the peak of his happiness here in Minnesota. Regardless of whenever that was. As for Flip Saunders, he had to say this. When I first came here a couple of years ago, I met with owner Glenn Taylor and said the number one thing we had to do to build a franchise, we had to do to build a franchise and develop that culture was to get a game-changing type player. A player that was a two-way type player that could play offense, could play defense. Last year, October 23rd, when we traded for Andrew Wiggins, we got the type of player and we were ready and set to go. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, what Flip said there, that's exactly what it is. And for anybody out there that doesn't see Andrew Wiggins as a potential franchise player, you're crazy. This guy, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, is a franchise player. I mean, to me, there's no doubt about it. And this isn't homerism. This isn't any of that. For somebody, you know, I, I went as far earlier in the season to say Andrew Wiggins will be the best Timberwolf in history as long as he sticks around and stays healthy. He'll be the best Timberwolf of all time. And I, I, I can absolutely see that happening. And that's all of you out there, you Garnett fans. Your jaws are hitting the floor. You're like, whoa, man, slow down. You're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Unfollow. Uh, come on, man, what are you talking about? It was just a couple plays or, or one season, this or that. Andrew Wiggins is, of course, to being the best player in Timberwolves history. And again, I'm not one of the the young generation types that likes to write off the older generation in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I'm quite the opposite. It's the fact of the matter. Is Did you ever see Kevin Garnett score 33 points against the best player in the world? particularly in his rookie year. In his rookie year, did you see him do that? No. (laughs) Did you see that? Absolutely not. Did you see... (laughs) Did you see Kevin Garnett have a spin? Did you... Well, I mean, obviously, spin dunks, you have that different type of... He's a different type of player and all that. But seriously, though, in all honesty, did you see Kevin Garnett come out with that type of fire really much ever, particularly on the offensive side? At times, sure, but not at the level that I could absolutely see Andrew Wiggins become in the long term. Andrew Wiggins seems already like the kind of guy that's more of an overall take-over-the-game type of player that Kevin Garnett never really was. And Wiggins, again, still has a lot to develop in that area, but he's off to a hell of a start for a guy, again, that a lot of people thought was limited on the offensive side of the game. So, again, I'm pretty optimistic about Andrew Wiggins' future, to be quite honest with you. I'll have more to say over many months and many years to to go. I don't need to have a big giant sermon right now. You, you get the idea. You get the idea. Uh, I believe Flip had a little more to say here. And he says, for the first time, pretty much in this organization, we have a player who can do that in Wiggins to be a point, to be point blank. That being, uh, he can make something happen out of nothing. Yep, that's the whole point. Yep. Basically what I was getting to right there. <laughs> Makes it out of nothing. He got to the free throw line again. Yep, he scored at a high level. He attacked the basket. So the way the game is that athleticism, you have to have something to hold on to that. So, yeah, exactly. That's the the athleticism. Kellen Garnett was athletic and could dunk and all that stuff, but could he drive to the basket and get to the free throw line as much as I, as much as much Andrew Wiggins already is able to do it at, at the age of 19 and 20? Did you see Kellen Garnett get into the free throw line that much? Really, ever? I mean, he got to the free throw line at times and all that. But it seems like Andrew Wiggins already is going to be one of those guys who's going to be one of the league leaders in free throw attempts during the course of his career. And again, guys win scoring titles doing that type of stuff. And I know the free throw line isn't my favorite thing in the whole wide world. But he's doing it by driving to the basket and drawing contact. He's not just standing there faking a shot 
and going, hey, like, you know, like a lot of players do. Like the famous Kobe Bryant thing that me and Marcus, the forecaster, would do in the past. He's always driving the lane and just flinging his hands up. Whoa! Like, hey, where's the foul? All that kind of crap. And then he'd, maybe 80% of the time he'll get a call. And then the other 20%, he won't get it. And he'll be irate with the official because the official dared to say, well, that really wasn't a foul. You're just flinging your hands up in the air. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot of things about the NBA that bug me right now. <laughs> Do I want to get to them on this show? Eh, you know. But then again, there's a lot of there's a lot of things everywhere that bug me or bug you, bug whoever. And <laughs> I'm going to respond kind of in a fun way to what uh, you know, Hank McCoy and Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast. Highly recommend that on iTunes. Highly recommend you listen to that show. Vince Germano's a Laker fan. Hank McCoy's a Memphis Grizzly fan. They talk more NBA as a whole. Hank doesn't allow, let Vince talk a whole lot of Lakers. So Showtime and T-Wolves, you can hear more Laker talk from Vince. But at the same time, you know, and obviously, yeah, that's me and Vince on that show. But overall, awesome, unbelievable basketball conversation on that show. But they were poking fun at me about, like, I'm Grumpy Joey and all that. And Vince saying he's been working a lot. Yeah, I had been working a lot. But thank God the... Lawn cleanups are done. It's down to lawn mowing now, so things are a little bit better. A little bit more down to earth now, so I'm not quite as grumpy, I hope. I hope. <laughs> Hank said I need a hug. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do, but uh, hopefully if the Minnesota Wild continue their playoff run, maybe uh, uh, I'll be having more of a, a joyous, I'll, I'll be giving joyous hugs rather than a, a I need a hug type of situation. So we'll see what happens with them, with the Minnesota Wild and Chicago Blackhawks in the second round for those of you out there that like multiple sports, including myself. <clears throat> yeah. Anyhow, where was I? Well, I think that's pretty much a wrap. Other than, I mean, ultimately, I'm very pleased with Andrew Wiggins' progress during the course of the season. He really is able to make something out of nothing. And the way he just, he's flying, flying to the basket Almost getting almost getting a dunk and sometimes getting an and one, stuff like that. That's how he gets to the free throw line versus other players out there who are constantly, I think they're ruining the game with these fake shots and these and this and that. Even though it's smart, yes, it's smart and that's good, but it's, it's just, it's boring, you know. It's boring when all guys are doing is trying to get, trying to draw a foul on the offensive side of the basket, on the defensive side of the basket. It seems like that's about 80% of the league. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, that's about that's about 60% of the league, we'll say. 80% of the league is the gall dang three-point shot. Now, you know what? <laughs> I'll talk more about that in segment number two because the number one seed in all of basketball, that's all they care about. And, and okay, that's not all they care about, but that's their number one weapon and they're damn good at it. But uh, I'll talk about that in segment number two if I feel like it. <laughs> Let's just get to segment two. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. It's time to talk about the postseason and all that good stuff. Yeah, what a great first round it was. It's fantastic. Just fantastic. But, you know, certain storyline type things did happen during the first round. Yeah, the Warriors, uh, well, they won 4-0. And every time it looked like the New Orleans Pelicans had something going, the Warriors just started hitting shots and hitting shots and hitting shots and yeah, I'm kind of tired of it, but, uh, well, good for them. <laughs> I'll get back to that in a minute. I'll, I'm going to kind of come back to that. 
Memphis and Portland kind of duked it out for a little while, but Memphis clearly the better team. They win that series four games to one. They advance to play the Warriors. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these I'm just going to fly through, really. Uh, Atlanta and Brooklyn, kind of boring to watch. Unbe- unbelievable that the, Fel- the Falcons, the Hawks, uh, ended up having to go to six games to beat the Brooklyn Nets. Kind of a joke, quite frankly. I don't know what happened there. Hawks and and Nets, they were kind of close every single game. And it's like, what the hell? Like the first game of the series, 99-92, 96-91, but the Hawks winning both of those. Then the Nets go home and win two games? What? Okay, that's nice. But then luckily for the Hawks, they close it out uh, by winning at home 107-97 and then pretty much routing the Nets in their house 111-87. Happy about that. So the team that I did pick to win the NBA championship still looking very good. As for the other side, the Western Conference, well, (laughs) yeah, that. Let's talk about the Houston and Dallas series first. That's a pretty nice little rivalry between the two teams. They kind of really went at it back and forth. It seemed like nobody on the planet likes Dwight Howard, and I'm one of them. I don't like Dwight Howard. Does anybody out there like Dwight Howard? If you do out there, maybe call in the phone line 209-736-7877 or talk to me on Facebook or at Wolves Explosion. You know, just look up Timberwolves Explosion on Facebook or at Wolves Explosion. On Twitter, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the fan interaction section later, but yeah, you could be included in that, maybe if you don't, if you actually like Dwight Howard, and if you don't, well, tell me about that too, <laughs> tell me the ways you don't like him, because I can't stand him. Houston Rockets look really, really good, and they kind of had Dallas's number the whole series, except for, well, except for game number four, Dallas still barely staying alive, they look, they look like an okay team, but kind of just a lesser, uh, significantly lesser version of the Houston Rockets, and I called Monta Ellis Dale Ellis. That tells you how old I am. Remember Dale Ellis back in the day, the the the, uh, the three point shooting kind of smaller shooting guard. Kind of sounds like Monta Ellis a little bit, but eh, Monta Ellis is probably a better player, I would have to say. But at the same time, he's no superstar. He's just a really good scorer, and that's kind of the story of the Dallas Mavericks right now. I mean, Dirk Dirk Nowitzki is a great player, a legend, Hall of Famer, all that good stuff. But he's getting really old, and you know. He's just, he's getting older and he's not as good as he used to be. He's just not. And that's kind of the story of the Dallas Mavericks. Ultimately, again, the Rockets finally advanced past the first round. And I could pretty much guarantee you that if Kevin McHale and the Houston Rockets did not get past the Mavericks, they would, McHale would have probably been fired, regardless of what a good vibe they have going on there in, uh, in, in Houston. I think McHale would have been let go because they would have lost in the first round again. And with the number two seed, there's almost no way he would have survived that. But Rockets quickly dispatching of the Dallas Mavericks, and I would not be surprised with how things are set up that the Rockets wind up in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors, much to uh, Hank McCoy's chagrin. I'll get back to the Warriors again shortly, my little point, my little thoughts about the NBA and such. Chicago and, no, what am I, yeah, Chicago and Milwaukee. Well, the Bulls won four games to two. I'm surprised the Bucks won two games in the series. I like the Bucks. A little bit, but then again, they played like they look like idiots the whole time, and you know they have low IQ. Chicago to me is nothing special, and there was a little conversation with guys back and forth on the courtside page and stuff on Facebook. Little conversation back and forth. I, people might think I'm a little bit too hard on the Bulls because I'm not impressed with the Bulls. Not not really, you know. And how the Heat dispatched them before before Rose's ACL, they beat them in five games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Am I that crazy to tell you that the Bulls are not that great? Am I that big of a jerk to tell you that? I don't know. Uh, they're competitive, yeah. They're they're scrappy. And I really like Jimmy Butler, I'm not going to lie. But outside of Jimmy Butler being scrappy and stuff, Derek Rose is a really talented player, but he can't stay healthy. He's healthy right now, but for how long? I mean, let's, let's, let's see it last a couple years rather than like a couple of weeks or maybe a month or something. Let's see. I mean, uh, good for him if he does. Good for him if he does. I'm not rooting against Derrick Rose. But, again, <laughs> at the same time, does he look like, you know, like I said, does he look like an MVP candidate anymore? Eh, maybe he will two or three years from now, and if he does, more power to him. But I don't see that happening. That's just me. <laughs> and if the power struggle continues in Chicago and Tom Thibodeau becomes available to the Minnesota Timberwolves, that'd be awesome. One other wonderful thing, though. Well, wonderful thing. Yeah, wonderful thing. If Tom Thibodeau does become available, 
He doesn't have to go to the the uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, right. He that job's not going to be available at least for a few years. <clears throat> um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, because Billy Donovan is now the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So what? You want me to talk about it? I don't care. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, Billy Donovan. My thoughts of him going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Huh. Well. Interesting move, um, to say the least. I'm not against it. I mean, it was getting a little stale in Florida for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, that was one of the one of the havens of college basketball. I don't know why. I I'm not sure, but I think it's a smart career move considering the fact that Florida has not been in the NCAA tournament the past couple of years. Because <sighs> he could always resurface in another college location at some point in time. Because it must have, it must have been getting somewhat stale. I mean, where, where was Florida? I, I don't know. So Oklahoma City Thunder a chance to become a super duper coach if it works out. Because this is the Thunder here. This isn't the when Rick Pitino went to coach the Boston Celtics when they sucked in the late nineties. I mean, they sucked in the late nineties. Oh, Antoine Walker, Antoine Walker. Whoa, here we here he comes, Antoine Walker. Yeah, he's a great player. No, no, he's not. No, no, Antoine Walker. <laughs> yeah, Antoine Walker. Well, he had his moments, but yeah, I, I don't know. Everything that's wrong with the league, man. Lazy, lazy ass, like just shooting threes all day. That's what he is. You know, for a guy that should have been posting up shots, maybe driving to the basket a little bit. I kind of like that a little bit more than just shooting threes. But again, no, I'm not judging the Warriors in that sense. I'm just going to tell you about that in a minute, and I keep teasing towards it. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I'm going all over the place. Billy Donovan is walking into, is walking, because I'm talking about Boston, right? Is <laughs> walking into a good situation. A really good situation. If these sons of guns can stay healthy, he could end up looking pretty damn good if that team uh, does stay healthy and watch. They'll be back in the in the NBA Finals again. If Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook can stay healthy, they will be back in the NBA Finals at some point. Or they will start a they will very quickly start a Western Conference power rivalry with the Golden State Warriors, and that'll be pretty fun to watch, uh, along with the Houston Rockets and all that good stuff. That'll be a nice trio of teams, uh, freaking Clippers. I think Memphis is going to start getting a little older now, and uh, it seemed like it was a matter of time with them. <sighs> okay, I keep snapping my my uh, lips and all that good stuff, and I apologize. I'm going all over the place. I got into the Warriors because of the, excuse me, the I keep calling them the Warriors, the Thunder, because of the whole Bulls and Tom Thibodeau talk. And hopefully that can wind up uh, opening up a job for the Minnesota Timberwolves, possibly, if there is the power struggle and all that. Um, but, yeah, that's what got it all started. So I kind of got sidetracked just a little bit there. And hope you don't mind. It's, it's all NBA talk. That's what we're here to do anyway. So there you go. Cleveland quickly dispatches of the Boston Celtics. Speaking of Boston, yeah, you know, and they have a nice young coach. See, that's a good fit. A college basketball coach that was very successful, but is very young, going to a young team. Not Rick Pitino, who was like a legend with Kentucky, and is hot as hell in his players. You know, I'm not sure he's going to fit with the Boston Celtics when they were kind of young up-and-comers, well, or they were hoping to be anyway. So, Brad Stevens and Boston Celtics, again, we'll see what happens. They could probably use another really nice draft pick before they become a better team, and a guy who was a potential draft pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves, according to, you know, lots of people, Flip Saunders was interested in him, but they ended up uh, going with Shabazz Muhammad and Mr. Gorgie Zheng, thankfully, because Kelly Olenek was taking one pick uh, before Shabazz Muhammad. I'm kind of glad about that, because I don't think Olenek's going to be anything much. I think he's going to be a solid player in the league, and that's it. But the question then becomes, <laughs> was it intentional? Because, again, the, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers had a pretty big loss in the series, even though they didn't lose the game. They lost their second slash, uh, third best player, third best player, who gave us Andrew Wiggins via their trade, that being Kevin Love, due to a separated shoulder, a badly separated shoulder that had sidelined Kevin Love for four to six months with shoulder surgery. Shoulder and surgery in the same sentence is not a good thing. Not good. Not good at all. Uh... Got tangled up with Kelly Olenek. Was Kelly Olenek just tripping and being clumsy, or was it intentional? I think it was a little of both. I think he probably meant to kind of tug on love, and then he started to slip and fall, and then it made it worse. I think it was both. 
I think he was kind of getting physical a bit, and they were kind of going at it, and he slipped a bit. That's my humble opinion. It was a uh, it was a uh, uh, negligent type of injury type of thing. You know what I mean? Like when you're trying to kind of get physical and and uh, intentionally maybe tug on a guy, and it ended up being something much worse than it was because of what happened. It was a negligent type of inju- type of injury type of thing, which I think he was will was deserving of at least that one game suspension. And all that good stuff. At least for that, I would probably suspend him for more than that. But, well, there really wasn't more to go on that anyway. Ultimately, the uh, uh, maybe Olenek would have to be suspended for like five, six games in the next year. That's probably where I would go. It's an it's a kind of injury that could screw up a guy's career. I mean, it could. So, best of luck to Kevin Love, regardless of what I think of him. It's going to be uh, very interesting now how things go into free agency with Kevin Love because he is an unrestricted free agent, at least if he opts out of the final year of his contract, which he probably will because he would probably like to have the stability of <laughs> of a new contract. We'll see what happens here. Who knows? Maybe he has to opt in now because of the injury. We'll just have to see where things go with that. But um, Is he the next Laker? Is he going to the Boston Celtics? Well, after Kelly Olenek gets traded, <laughs> that'll probably be partially one of the things because Kevin Love... Not the kind of guy that you see as a forgiving type of individual. If anybody here in Minnesota thinks Kevin Love is a forgiving type of guy, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you might want to pay attention to what's been going on the past three, four years during the con era. Yeah, that that uh, imitation was copyright Hank McCoy of the Courtside Podcast. I keep plugging that show because I love it, but hopefully I'm not annoying people by overplugging. Let's move on. I've been taking way too long. Washington, Toronto, very, very disappointing series in a lot of ways. I don't really like the Wizards. Um, congratulations, though, to Mr. Uh, uh, Randy Whitman for keeping his job because he probably did. And yeah, now they're one game ahead of the Hawks in the next round. They're five and in the playoffs. Randy Whitman can win in the playoffs apparently, and the Toronto Raptors, for some stinking reason, they can't beat the Wizards. They just can't beat the Wizards, and I don't know why. And it sucks. And I feel for Kamal Hilton. One of the cool guys out there in the uh, kind of the in the other in the basketball media and such. One of the cool guys out there, really, uh, really cool, really good guy, and all that good stuff. Always retweeting and favoriting Timberwolves explosion on Twitter and Facebook. Very supportive and all that good stuff. Really appreciate him. Um, feel for him because it sucks losing in the first round after another promising season. A lot of people think Dwayne Casey will get the sack, uh, as they say in Australia. Uh, not sure. Not sure what to say about that. I kind of like Casey, but he's not had any playoff success. Any. So, disappointing. Maybe you give him one more year. We'll see. We'll see how much time. I mean, but don't give him like three or four more years like Minnesota Timberwolves did with Flip Saunders. I would have fired Flip Saunders after they got swept by the Dallas Mavericks in 2001. Flip Saunders fired. That would have been it. I would have fired him after that series because you're not getting anywhere. It's time to, it's time to get a different coach and see what happens. You got to make a change, and the Wolves didn't do that. Oops, big mistake. I agree with what Shaquille O'Neal said once upon a time. So that leaves me with the uh, the best. Saving the best for last. Well, second best for last. <laughs> I'll save the best. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the Clippers and, and Spurs now. This the, the other series. <laughs> I'll talk about the Warriors in a second. Um, the Clippers dispatched the San Antonio Spurs in seven games, and I can't believe it. I can't believe the Spurs are done against the Clippers. I can't believe they did it, but the Clippers were on a mission. Chris Paul looked awfully uh, emotional after that seventh game. Lots of uh, lots of lucky bounces, but a lot of good shots as well by Chris Paul. Just nailing one three after another, playing on one leg because of the pulled hamstring, all that good stuff. Good for him, good for the Clippers. I hate that team, but they matured a bit in this series, and I'm going to admit it openly. It pisses me off that the Spurs could not finish the job at home in the sixth game. I can't believe that that happened. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I don't think Greg Popovich could either because he called his team soft. Greg Popovich does not call his San Antonio Spurs soft very often. With all of that said, Tim Duncan is an, is is just... I don't even know what to call him. Is he a cyborg or a Terminator or... I don't know. I mean, is this before the flood? You know, when people used to live 900 years? Like, uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like uh, like, like Methuselah in the Bible, living 969 years? 
39 years old and he's getting 27 points and he looks like the same guy he looked like about 10 years ago when he was 29. He's never He never was out there like, you know, doing spins and dunks on people like Andrew Wiggins because that's not what kind of player he is. Yet he's like exactly the same as he was like 10 years ago. And remember all those knee injuries and all the pain and soreness he was going through over the course of his career? What the hell is up with Tim Duncan? And this isn't Phoenix, Arizona either. Sure, it's southwest, kind of southwestish, but it's more south than southwest. Um, I don't know, but he's got it. And what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Mr. Uh, Greg Popovich. He looks younger than he did about three, four years ago. He just looks younger and more spry. Uh, they're coming back. The Spurs are coming back. <laughs> they're going to need a little bit of a, a youth movement a bit. And they, they've been doing that and all that good stuff. But also, again... Yeah, they're going to continue. They need to continue to bring in new blood, and I'm sure they will because that's how they roll. I mean, Manu Ginobili was one of the latest picks ever, and look at him. Look how good he is. You know, Danny Green, look at him. Hitting three after three, five blocks in the seventh game yesterday on the road. They almost win a seventh game on the road, and I always would say, who is the best team in the seventh game on the road in basketball? It's got to be the Spurs because they, they almost beat the Miami Heat, and they did beat the Charlotte Hornets when they when then Chris Paul was there, and They've knocked Chris Paul out of the playoffs a billion times, and that's why he was so emotional when they find, when he finally got past them. But like he said, it's such a shame it's only the first round. And, oh, it is. It is a shame if you're a Clipper because you got to go play Houston now. And if you survive them, you got to play the Warriors. I don't know about that. I don't think they're going to the finals, but who knows? Who knows? They're, coached, they're well coached enough, as obnoxious as uh, uh, Doc Rivers has become since he became a Clippers coach. Because... <laughs> uh, you know, when you like the Celtics and all that good stuff, you tend to ignore some of it but until you hate the Clippers and he's there. So you start noticing more of his obnoxious tendencies. One final point I'm going to have on this one. Well, two final points. Blake Griffin, again, has matured a bit and he looks better and good on him. Um, I still don't like him that much. But my final point here... Again, another take. If you like it or not, it's up to you. You don't have to agree with everything I say. You don't have to like everything I say. Kawhi Leonard is a really, really good player, okay? Really good player and all that good stuff. Really good player, right? Really good player. Okay, I've said that enough. <laughs> but he's not a franchise player as far as I'm going to... He's not. He's, he's, he's close, but he's not. Uh, I don't think so. I could definitely see Andrew Wiggins being a better player than Kawhi Leonard, particularly long-term. I don't care what you have to say. You can come and rip me all you want, but that's part of radio, and that's what we're here to do is discuss it and agree and disagree, all that good stuff. No rip on Kawhi Leonard. Maybe he'll continue to get better. But I wasn't. He, he did. I, I certainly wasn't impressed with him in the seventh game, and I wasn't impressed with him in the sixth game, and I don't know. He has his moments. He's really good, but there's just something about him that he's just that one notch, that one little notch level. He's that one notch below superstar. He's a he's a star. He's a star, like an all-star, but he's not a superstar. There, there's a difference as far as I'm concerned, and, and that's going to be my final take on that. So now let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, they can shoot the basketball. They can score at will. They can do whatever they want. They... <laughs> They're the trend right now. I mean, like it or hate it, they're the trend right now. And I don't hate the Warriors. And I was bitching and yelling, you know, like I hated how they came back and all that good stuff. I don't mean to hate the Warriors because, well, there's two things about them right here. They're a little bit cocky with the way they take the they take any shot they want and it goes in and all that stuff. But, I mean, they feel like they can make any shot they want and all that good stuff. That's where the cockiness comes in. But... They don't have the cockiness like the Golden State Warriors. See, now I'm killing myself with this again. The Oklahoma City Thunder had in the past with James Harden and and, uh, Russell Westbrook blowing out his six shooters and and James Harden doing his whatever he does. You know, just these gestures and just cocky this and that and showing off all that. Not as... uh, they don't really do that in, Go- in uh, Golden State, in, in Warrior Land. I don't, uh, you know, they don't really do that over there in Oracle or on the road or whatever. And I, I, I'm impressed with Curry's focus that he seems to be locked in on bigger and better things. Like he's more focused on let's get it done this year because this is the year to do it. I mean, when you're this good, you better do it. You better win a championship when you when you win 67 games. And right now. 
it looks like they're going to win the NBA Finals. It, it does. Um, it it does, and the Hawks look kind of vulnerable, and I'm disappointed about it. I'd like to see the Hawks win the whole thing. I would love to. <laughs> but that team, since moving to Atlanta, has never gotten past the second round. They've uh, when they were in St. Louis in the past, they won they won two championships many many years ago. Was it early seventies, late sixties? I can't remember. It's been a long time though. No, not early seventies. They moved to Atlanta, I think, in the late sixties, early seventies, and they had that lime green look, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> but um, they've never been to the conference finals, and I hope they at least get there. If they can't beat Washington, yikes! That's a that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. If the Washington uh, Wizards get past the Hawks, that's a uh, very disappointing. Um, but, again, back to my point on Golden State, all that stuff. It seems like they can make anything, and it looks like they're on a mission to win the whole thing right now. We'll see. I mean, somebody's going to have to slow them, and Memphis certainly didn't do it today in their first game in that series. At all. I mean, at all. And it would help if Mike Conley was out there to provide a little extra punch and a little more, well, a little more semblance of some freaking offense out there that they did not have today at all. 86 points. For the Memphis Grizzlies. And they look like absolute garbage on the offensive side of the ball. For the most part. <laughs> I'm not trying to offend any I'm not trying to offend any Grizzly fans or annoy Hank McCoy or anybody out there. But I, I didn't see anything that uh, showed any type of firepower on that side of the offense by the uh, Memphis Grizzlies most of the game. Just a frustrating game overall. Okay, my thoughts on the NBA and the trend that the Warriors are setting. And teams like the Houston Rockets and... How the Spurs kind of got it going as well a bit over the course of time with the Danny Greens and, and Patty Mills and and, uh, and uh, Ginobili and all those guys just scorching the net from downtown, all that good stuff. It's all good and fine, and I know all of you guys love run and gun. Just love it. You know, the whole and Don Nelson got it rolling way back in the 80s with the Bucks and then the Dallas Mavericks and, and then, of course, the Warriors even before that. The Warriors were a run and gun team pretty much since, pretty much before anybody in the Don Nelson era and the second Don Nelson era as well. I've never been a huge backer of the run and gun. It's fun to watch in a sense, but sometimes it seems like it's too much. And the Warriors, though, this team has perfected it, where in the past it seemed like, God, how many threes are you going to attempt? How many three-pointers are you going to attempt in a, in a game? And then they, they end up losing because it's too much. Where the Warriors seem to have perfected the art by making a million threes and all that good stuff, and good on them for that. But uh, what I don't like is when it seems like it seems like it takes away from the game a little bit. It kind of does. You don't see as much driving to the basket. You don't see as much fast breaks and post-ups mm-hmm. when you're just constantly looking for shoot a three. And, okay, you're constantly just shooting threes, and again, like I was saying, you're not driving to the basket. And then when you're not good from three-point range, it's it's really ugly. When you're just bricking all the time, it's ugly as well. So it seems like it takes a little bit away from the game. And I, I miss it a little bit. I miss kind of the fast break. It's still out there and all that stuff, I understand. But it's taking away from it a little bit. That's my take on that. With that said, it looks like the Warriors are going to win that series in five or six. I think Houston Rockets will beat the L.A. Clippers in... Hmm. I don't know. That's going to be a good series. Six or seven. But the Rockets will advance to the West Finals. Cleveland and Chicago. No Kevin Love. Well, it doesn't help that Kevin Love's out, but if it's going to be one of the big three, so to speak, with Cleveland, I guess Kevin Love's the most expendable for the time being. It sucks for the Cavs, and uh, I think it does hinder their chances of winning a title this year. But um, I'm going to still have the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers beating the Chicago Bulls. I'll have them winning that series in... in uh, that one might go seven. I'm, well, no, no, no. The Bulls screwed around to the Bucks too long. Cavs in... Six. I'll say Cavs at six. Atlanta Hawks and Washington Wizards. I guess Hawks in seven. I think the Wizards are going to stretch that thing out, and the Hawks, but the Hawks will finally get to the conference finals and play the Cleveland Cavaliers and have home court advantage in that series. I think the Hawks will survive Washington. They blew a big lead late. Hopefully, next time around they hang on to it. Like don't screw around. Just get the job done here. But congratulations to Randy Whitman being five and zero in the playoffs right now. That's very very encouraging. Congratulations to them. So, I think I drugged this out a little long. I hope you didn't think I went on and on way too long. But I had a lot of things to say. And it's been a couple weeks and all that good stuff. I'm kind of keeping a lot of stuff inside. With all that said, 
I'm not an old codger or, or a curmudgeon. You know, I'm just angry and I hate the world and, oh, everything should be like 1985. Well, yeah, everything should be like 1985. But, no, <laughs> some things I wouldn't mind being like 1985. But, <laughs> but no, I, I understand the three-point shot is the, it's, it's kind of the way the wind blows right now. And a lot of you have always liked it. And I like shooting the three-point shot. Marcus, the forecaster, really likes shooting the three-point shot. He probably really likes the Warriors because I haven't talked to him in forever about that. But I, I miss some of the old fast breaks, you know, that you know when it used to be, it was more common. Like the Detroit Pistons really had it going back in 04. Stuff like that. And even though they weren't a really a super fast break team, they kind of played it the way I like it. Just play some defense get, and then go on the fast break. Where the Warriors play defense and then launch threes. And then they get an offensive rebound and they launch another three. So... I don't know. Good on them. If they're going to make them, I mean, whatever. <laughs> if it's a high percentage shot, it's a high percentage shot. It didn't used to be, but it is now. I'll end this long segment on that note. We'll be back for some fan interaction after this. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, the fan interaction segment. Let's rock and roll, shall we? Facebook page, simply type in Timberwolves Explosion in the Facebook search bar. Click on the one that says company, not group. Company, not group. Then simply click like on the page and rock and roll. Comment with me all you want. Your voice will be heard on the show, or at least your comment will be heard on the show. Your voice could be heard by calling into 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. And for those of you that are international, like not from the United States of America per se, simply look up TSS and you can still do it. Like say you have a Skype account, it's a free call. So it's free. Just get on here. Damn it, that would be terrific. It would be nice to hear your voice with mine. Need to get some calls on this show, damn it. Even just one would be terrific. All right, usually I leave where uh, I pick up where I left off from the previous show where I say, hey, the newest show is out, da-da-da-da-da. No one clicked like this week. What the hell? Are you guys all sleeping? What the hell's going on? And, yeah, I guess I was sleeping too because it's been two weeks since the last show. Uh, Well, I apologize. And I might be a bit rusty, a bit off, a teeny bit. I'm still a bit exhausted and distracted with things and such. Yeah, this and that. All, all that good stuff. Okay, so one other important thing that I may have been distracted, too distracted to talk about, right? Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things you kind of expected to hear, and but hopefully, ultimately, uh, hopefully, ultimately, it'll lead to something else. Flip Saunders says he will remain coach until, until, as air quotes, until he feels a change is needed per ESPN. Well, damn it. Yeah, damn it is, is right, but... Maybe the change will be needed when you see the right guy available. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I hope he doesn't stay the coach too long. Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, saying he thinks it's better for development. It would be better for the player to develop within some sort of system, not just shooting long twos. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah right there. And yeah, Hank's got something there too, which I might be thinking. <clears throat> but let's get to events. He says, uh, Vince Germano, of course, out of Melbourne, Australia. Yes, sir. He says, exactly right, Tanae. Got to be deflating for you, blokes. It is. It is a bit, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm not a big flip fan. I, I don't know. I As the uh, president of basketball operations, I'm a huge fan. As the head coach, eh. Okay, Hank McCoy, out of Sydney, Australia, saying, smokescreen, he's waiting for the playoffs to finish before he makes his run at Tibbs. I freaking hope so. Gosh, I freaking hope so. Wouldn't that be awesome? I freaking hope so. And again, Tibbs will be uh, is more likely to be available now that Billy Donovan is the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tanae Brown responding with, I really hope so. Ha ha. I hope he doesn't go after Scott Brooks. Sounds like he could be on his way out of OKC in favor of Kevin Ollie. And yeah, they didn't go after Kevin Ollie. They went after Donovan. Maybe Kevin Ollie was an option. Like if uh, Donovan said no, so they were going the college route. Scott Brooks, I nah, I have no interest, zero. Um, I, I don't think Flip will go after him. Uh, if they do, that would be disappointing. I 
don't I don't know. Scott Brooks should coach a team like like maybe the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets, you know, the new Charlotte Hornets, the former Bobcats, a team like that, get them into the playoffs, get them rolling. But then again, uh, I don't know. I got nothing against the current coach right now. I think he did okay, but disappointing that that team didn't move forward from making the playoffs last year. Don't know what happened there. We'll see what happens. Maybe Brooks will go to Chicago. Oh, <gasps> maybe. Hmm. It wouldn't be the worst option ever if they want somebody who's a little more mild mannered versus Coach Dempsey. <laughs> okay. Where the Wolves could use a little bit of that around here because this is the most mild-mannered... Uh, uh, move on. Pardon me. <clears throat> Let's get into the post-to-page section where Hank McCoy, who starts to work his magic, as does Tanae Brown, some more... Damn it, I wish I... Oh, I'm so mad at myself. Uh, yep, Damel was was uh, sharing the latest Timberwolves and all that good stuff. Timberwolves Explosion. Really appreciate him right there. That was earlier, I think. Before, yeah. This, yeah, a very interesting YouTube video that I encourage all of you to check out. I'm not sure why more people didn't click on it, but hopefully more people do in the time being. Uh, yeah, everybody needs to watch this video because it shows just how much damage David Kahn did. And I'll talk about it more on a later show. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get to it more on a later show, especially during the, yeah, particularly during the draft or per se, in the month of May here. It is, it is May now, if you can believe it. But maybe next episode, I'll get deeper into that. As we get closer and closer to the draft. Stuff like that. And the draft lottery and all that. Yeah. We'll get to that soon. Um, Tenney Brown saying, As expected, Wiggins gets Rookie of the Year. And Buttinger is coming back next season if he's not traded. Yeah. And uh, Chase Buttinger ultimately yeah, has uh, exercised this option. As a lot of you expected. And he finished the season strong. So good on him. And all that good stuff. We'll see what happens. How did that get... Why? Why did this get... I don't understand. Unless Hank did it. Like he uh, he deleted it or something. It says, Con! And for some reason it's like hidden and I don't know why and I can't unhide it. What the hell? <laughs> so if Hank's wondering why that is, I did not do it. I promise with all my heart unless my phone screwed up. Good stuff here. Hank McCoy saying, damn, well, let's hope Flip can trade him somewhere else. The remains of Adelman, or the the, the, the resins of Adelman remain. Ugh, I'm going crazy. Yep, Chase Buttinger picked up the contract option, passes on free agency. But the good news is he is a uh, unre- he is a expiring contract, so he's still tradable, though it's an expensive uh, last season, to be honest, like $5 million a year. So, but did you expect it? Sure. Sure I did. <laughs> okay, let's continue on to the final post here from Hank McCoy, and probably the best of all, per se. Probably the best of all, yeah. Hank McCoy saying, now this is a better feeling at the end of the season to where Timberwolves fans were sitting last year. Three cheers for Wiggins. Okay, this is from, of course, Real GM. Andrew Wiggins on Minnesota. I hope I'm here forever. Oh my goodness, does that not make you feel good out there, guys? Does that not, does that not make you feel fantastic? Just fantastic. Absolutely thrilled. Um, how does he say it? He simply says, I hope I'm here forever. I don't believe there's any curse or nothing like that. We just needed the right pieces. I feel like we've got them now. And ultimately, long term, I do think um, that the Minnesota and that was obviously uh, partially of a John Krasinski, a portion of a John Krasinski article as well. So again, more uh, credit to Krasinski there. Ultimately, though, to hear Wiggins saying that, it's fantastic. And yes, it's true that we do have pieces. We're not necessarily on on our way to a dynasty or anything yet, or even the Western Conference Finals being how difficult the conference is. But at the same time, I think the Wolves do have a lot of pieces on their roster that can make this team competitive for many years. And of course, we will be adding at least one major player, be it a top four player in the draft. Hopefully, Carl Anthony Towns, Joey Okafor would be a nice uh, second place pick. And, well, maybe it will be D'Angelo Russell. We'll just have to wait and see, and we'll talk more and more about it. I keep teasing to it, but we'll get to it soon. I promise. We'll get to it soon. Just been kind of locked into the post playoffs right now, and some of this other po- uh, reg- you know, postseason conversation with the Wolves right now, kind of wrapping up this wrapping up what thing, uh, what things these guys have to say, and of course Wiggins winning the Rookie of the Year, and all that good stuff, but you never really heard Kevin Love say that, he, though he was happy with Kevin McHale. You figured maybe he would stay forever, but one year later, McHale was gone already. So that's just how it goes. That's how things roll. 
I don't believe there were any tweets. I'll check anyway really quick, though there were some retweets by by, by the guys out there, and I really do appreciate it by Tanae, Vince, and uh, of course Kamal Hilton. Really appreciate that very, very much. I'm kind of all over the place on Twitter. Sometimes ranting about this and that. I was actually cheering for the Spurs this year in the playoffs, which is kind of funny compared to what it's been in the past. Uh, mostly just people retweeting this and that, and that's kind of just uh, like kind of almost like little plugs and stuff like that. Um, that's a different post right there. I guess that's it. Yeah, there were there. It's mostly just retweets and kind of like this and that, spam and favorites and all that good stuff. So there it is. But do follow at Wolves Explosion if you could. It would be more than appreciated. What also would be appreciated is you reviewing Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes and giving me a positive review. Anywhere from three to five stars because anything below three stars is just like stupid and I think it's trolling to be quite honest. This show is better than that. Even though right now I personally feel like this show, uh, I, I think I've struggled a little bit. <laughs> But it's because it's, it's all over the place. Because there's so many different, <laughs> so many different series to talk about, and and I didn't. I mean, it's not like I watched every single game, to be quite honest. Because nobody's going to be able to watch every single game. But I have kept track of every series, and I've watched as much as I can, to be quite honest with you. Because I love the game, and I gave you my honest opinions of how I feel the direction of the game. Not super unhappy with it, but not as happy as as like you know the good old days per se. That's just how I am, and I apologize if that might not be what some of you want to hear, but then again, that's radio. That's radio. I mean, people hear what they want to hear, you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe you're going to over, maybe you're going to overblow what I said, too, just to, just to make me mad, but that's how it goes. Again, that's the nature of the beast. So, to end my rambling, and to pass you on into next week, because I probably will continue to record these during the postseason to give you updates and to hopefully talk more about the draft and such. I wish all of you a wonderful week. Enjoy the nice weather for those of you that are here in Minnesota and in Australia. Unfortunately, they're, be, they're going to be moving into autumn right now, and that's just how it goes. But autumn can be nice as well, <laughs> depending on how you feel about this and that. So, have a nice spring, have a nice autumn, have a nice whatever. Go Hawks, I suppose. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Warriors for those of you out there that want them to win. Take care, everybody.